We are just jumping into it. So tagging. Let me go over. Oh, son of a gun. I did this yesterday. Let me let me stop something really quick. We'll keep recording here. Let me change the title. Look at that. Wow. <laughs> it's weird watching this. Well, wait, don't share that one. Don't no. share that one. I'm, yeah. I'm kicking okay. something else off. I'm doing a new title. Okay, now we're streaming again. This is the one that we want to share. And let me see if we're streaming. So much to it. We are in here. We're recording on here, but I can go back and edit that back. Yes. Boom. We are now online. So I think a new stream will come in. And I don't think there's oh, a way. It as a messenger, not like a. It's weird. I would think that you could send it to your story or just. Oh, because, because it's on my page, right? Yeah. Let me just, uh, I can share it as opposed to be, um, I'm actually learning. So whatever you're doing, you're going to have to take notes and update me because I'm trying to piece everything together. You know, like we got the, we got the, uh, Instagram live going over there, which is on a different camera. I'm trying to send feeds to all these other, uh, YouTube and Facebook and Twitch and Periscope and Mixer. Uh, but I just, I don't know how to integrate it all. So I'm learning as I go with live streaming. And you're probably much more savvy at Facebook than I am. I don't know about that. <laughs> How long have you been using Facebook? Okay, this is the start. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, it came out, what, in 20... Like 2006 or something. Yeah, 2000, yeah 2006. So yeah, basically, because I, I started on MySpace. Oh, yeah, we all did. And then... Um, at some point, people started talking about Facebook. I'm like, okay, well. I'm we might as well talk now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're into it. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let okay, me do Let me do the – we're about two minutes in. Let me kick it off. Another episode of Am I Making Sense with my friend Cynthia 1G. Did I get that right or no? Yes, you got All it right. All right, Ooh. sweet. Finally. Right, and I'm going to check to see if I can tag myself because you've also made it live on your mm. Instagram, right? Oh, that's right. Right? But I don't know how to set the Instagram up to see. have anyone. So maybe if you, you go look at Matthew, you might see me um, on it's a story. So I don't see you live feeding this. If it was on a live stream, it would be showing right now. Oh, actually, okay. no, now it's showing. Now Ooh. it's showing. Okay. Oh, look so at that. Let me see if I can tag myself. And look at that. Cynthia joined. Send request. And then you just have to accept the request. Okay. No, but I think that's that's different. That's you joining, right? Uh, to be right. in. But you're yeah. already here. Yeah. We're here. We're doing it. I don't know that there's a way to do tags in the Instagram live feed. Because every time I've watched a live feed, it's, it's been... one person. It's been... Well, no, you can have other people join. Actually, that's a really interesting thing to do. To have multiple people to get together on your Instagram live and then you can have kind of like an Instagram podcast. Yeah, I, I mean, I would think that that's already possible, but maybe not. Well, so here's the thing. 
uh, Instagram doesn't seem to play well with about with anything else. So from what I've found in my very basic knowledge of social media, Instagram's kind of in on its own except for sending to Facebook. But like from Facebook, you can't send to Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. And you obviously YouTube isn't integrated with any of them. The live streaming on Facebook doesn't necessarily live stream to Instagram. So it's kind of an island when it comes to social media. Um, which is why this, this service that I'm using to stream out to all the other ones is helpful because it sends out to all the ones that do play well. I'm sure Instagram will come around at some point, but right now it's kind of out there. So that's a good first question. Are you, how savvy are you with Instagram? Are you a big time user? Not really. We use, we use the term like a drug user. Are you a big time user? No. Are you, <laughs> so are I, you addicted to Instagram? I, I've had Instagram for a few years, but okay. I literally never posted until four months ago or five months ago okay. after having it for three or four years. But did and you look I, at it though? No. Oh, no, I didn't okay. even look at it for, until I didn't start looking at it until comedy. And I mean, all my yeah, friends are on too. Instagram. I just didn't care enough to use it. Yeah. Um, now I'm trying to use it a little bit more, but at the same time, it's like I have, I and follow so many people because they post so much. Like yeah. I, I'm of the thing of just like, just use it enough. Yeah. So like my daily activity right now is like eight minutes, six minutes. Even then, That's I'm so like, good. I'm still surprised. So I mean, I for Instagram, I think it's amazing because coming from Facebook, um, I've been on Facebook for a long time. I'm like the last millennial on Facebook. Yeah. I like to say because all my friends have switched over to Instagram. Yeah. But in Facebook, kind of got a little bit depressing because I. I'm one of those people who like if there's a political article out there, there's something. Oh, you click on depressing. it. I click on it uh, and I read it, and like yes. I always start my morning that way. Um, at some point, I realized that you know what, the machine learning algorithm is watching me. So why don't I just fuck the system up for myself? Yeah. Right. So I started liking a, t- a bunch of cat videos, dog videos, yeah, positive articles and events, and then it changed my whole profile. So yeah. now I get a lot less depressing articles and I go oh. to other sources for that and I get like yeah. so Facebook now is like a lot more positive experience for me okay but Instagram but I'm you like, had to hack the algorithm yeah because yeah. I mean they're watching you anyway so I'm like why don't you just hack it for yeah yourself? Um, yeah that's actually an interesting take how old were you when you think you noticed that it was having this detrimental effect on you um was it a year ago, two years ago, three years I ago? Probably like a year ago. Because like it's one of those things where just like, oh, it's it's making me depressed. But then when I was looking at it this year, because I basically changed my whole life this year, I was like, okay, I'm going to look at my socials, my health, my work, my yeah. relationships, everything. And I'm like, yeah. well, I need to do something about Facebook. Yeah. Um, and then for Instagram, I just moved toward it because I was like, well – um, I don't really care that much about Facebook. I never post. I don't do anything. I just right. stalk people. So I'm like, why don't I do Instagram? Because it's just a bunch of pictures, and I yeah. can do the same thing I'm doing on Facebook. Um, but I be I'm very cautious with Instagram. That's I good. don't follow any celebrities. There's like maybe two or three celebrities that I okay. actually follow. Yeah. Because I'm very wary of like seeing a lot of people with these really nice lives and oh, party lifestyles. Fear of missing like, out. Yeah, if you're missing out or like even if, you know, consciously I'm like, oh, this is this person's life. Of of course, I don't live on a private jet or anything. Right. Subconsciously, I I would probably feel less than seeing someone who has a better life than myself all the time. No, I think 100 percent that is the psychology behind it. Yeah. I think marketers have known this for a long time since 
probably like maybe the 40s and 50s they've known oh, yeah. they've known to go after your insecurities for, uh, they say I, what, what's that famous saying from the um one of those original marketers who he's like basically um he is noted as being the father he's he's like madman that show i never mm-hmm. watched it but there's a show madman about these original marketers but he's kind of the the godfather of this whole thing when America really shot into a consumerist, materialist, um, marketing type society. And, uh, he, he had a, he's quoted as saying first, um, tell the person what they're missing and then sell them what fills the <laughs> hole or something. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing horribly, I, I can, no, but I can see that. Yeah. No. Yeah. So anytime when you think about it and it's very subtle, right? So most, you're going to have men watching a lot of sports. So beer commercials have the ads and they always have guys with their friends, guys with good looking women. And it's all like, wait, I don't have that. And then they associate that with beer or whatever. And then they think they need to go buy it. And the same thing with cars, uh, cosmetics, uh, everything from shampoo to cereal. It's all out there. Like there's this demographic that these companies go for. And then they say, oh, I'm going to, dig a little hole in that person's soul Mm. and then offer them. And it's all because of comparison. And what is social media? Social media is the biggest comparative experiment ever done in the history of mankind. And it's worse because you're comparing yourself. Like when you're looking at a celebrity and you're following them, you feel like you're part of their lives because you see all these pictures and then you're like, wait, why isn't their life like mine? Or maybe I should get these shoes because my favorite celebrity is wearing them and then I'll be a little bit more like them. But at the same time, it's like, are are you really? (laughs) It's not a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah, you can never sit down and have a conversation with, that individual yet for some reason they're influencing you uh with the way they're living their life you know yeah so that's good you're very self-aware uh of what's going on because i think a lot of people are just like social media yay you know they're just going to participate and watch and kind of endlessly watch the feed go through and you know what i'm very self-aware of this too however uh it doesn't stop me especially the facebook feed so you know what I do? My Facebook feed, I, I don't know that there's any, uh, I guess, objective uh, objective conclusions on the way I'm doing this, but I try not to share anything. So you know Facebook, a lot of people will read an article and share an article. Yeah. And most social media encourages Really, the only thing I try to do with both my feeds is if I'm doing a podcast, I put the podca- podcast out. If I'm going to an open mic or showcase, I share the flyer. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like what I've done or what I will be doing, but it's not what I'm reading and watching because I I don't know. I don't think that's really the, um, I I don't think that's the interesting part of social media. I think the social media, the interesting aspect of it is, oh, look what I will be doing or look what I've done. And that's your podcast and it's that. But to say this is what I've watched or this is what I've read do people really care? I mean, I guess I mean, some people I, do. I mean, I kind of agree. Well, it depends. Like, because I'm, I'm always interested when people say, like, oh, these are my book recommendations. I'm like, oh, oh this that's is really true. interesting, right? Yes. Or these are my favorite podcasts. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and read them, but sometimes yeah. I do, like, add them to, like, my mental list of, like, okay, I should check yeah. it out. Um, but I guess I'm at a point where I'm just wary of 
a lot of because I feel like we get so much information from so many different sources. Yeah, yeah. We get yeah, so much. in a little more this way. Uh, I think I didn't frame you up good. There yeah, you go. So much information from yeah. so many different sources. There's yeah. so many different social medias. Yeah. That I mean, there's a reason I don't have a Twitter because I'm like, I, there's I a lot a of things. I have a lot of opinions. They're not very loosely held. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone <laughs> does anyone really need to hear them? Like, yeah. uh, what I have to say is probably the same thing that other people have yeah. said. And like, maybe one day if I get like a huge platform, then it would make sense. But yeah. like. I, I mean, I, I guess I'm at a point where in life where I'm like, okay, I could say something, but what's the benefit to it? Yeah. You know, like, what am I actually impacting or changing? And and specifically you know, with Twitter, you have to be so concise about that thought or that opinion. Yeah. Because I, otherwise people re- read into whatever they want to read into. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's like, there's interesting articles written about how sort of the depth of long form news articles and reporting and journalism has kind of like led up a lot to like, you know, you have like the one minute articles written out where like people think that they're getting a lot of information, but you're really not being that informed. You know, back in the 50s and 60s, people would literally sit down and for an entire afternoon to spend that reading articles and like that would get them truly informed right yeah. i mean that doesn't mean you like you can't get a quick idea of what something is but like yeah. you can't get an understanding of like geopolitical issues like the middle east crisis after reading a two-minute article oh about, right you know um and then when it comes to twitter you're what 120 characters yeah you know? something like that um that doesn't mean that i think that it's wrong i think that you know every generation is different and it adapts and um, we're getting to a point where everyone is busy, so maybe you do need 120 characters. Yeah. But I think that um, we should be—we shouldn't necessarily be looking to it for like news information per se. Yeah. We should be looking at it like maybe short opinions or um, quick, quick information. But yeah. We shouldn't be looking to it as like our only source of truth and fact because uh, there's a lot that can be said and unsaid. And I feel like a lot of times when someone tweets something, they have eight different tweets explaining their first tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then that's just another feed that you got to go through that you don't have time for yeah. or energy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I different era, but I came to the same, a similar conclusion years ago um, in 2001 after 9-11. Uh, I had the news on quite a bit as most Americans did. And about two to three months, maybe four months afterwards, I was, pro- I was watching news every day. And I think a lot of people were. And uh, I just noticed I always had this anxious, tight feeling in my chest. And then I realized, oh, I'm taking on the whole world's problems every time I watch this. So I went on a news diet. And I check in with news every once in a while now. But I I probably went a a solid few years without just watching any news. I would go to CNN every once in a while just to check in on things. If there's big news I hear people talking about, which is kind of the old Twitter, yeah. right? You would just hear people <laughs> talking around the office and go, what are they talking about? And then you go do a little search on it. Oh, okay. Um, and now I don't have a Twitter feed either. So I just, every now and again, I'll check in on CNN or whatever. I Actually, I check in on all of them to see whose opinions. Because like you said, I think now news it used to be this notion of associated press, mm-hmm. uh, associated yeah, press, AP. Yeah. And I think the way it worked is they would have a couple different, um, uh, I guess, journalists or um, people reporting in. And if it was corroborated a certain amount of points, 
then they would release it on the Associated Press ticker. And then news agencies would chase it down and try and yeah. get more detail. But then, of course, news agencies had their own stories they were working on, like to get the scoop on things. Um, but ultimately, there was a lot of corroborating with other professional journalists. Whereas now, I think the blog in the early 2000s, the blog kind of took over to where everything is an op-ed. Um, and I, I, God, I think, did I talk with someone about this on the podcast before? Or was this a conversation I had on with a friend? I'm, but it feels like most news now is an op-ed. So when yeah. you go to CNN or whatever, you're getting that reporter's opinion on it or the two talking heads that are working it out together or the panel yeah, giving I, their opinion. So then you go, okay, I got three opinions, but I still don't think I understand all the facts. Yeah, I, I have, have a lot of opinions. So I should I just take one of those opinions and yeah, call it my own? I have huge calms with that, but I yeah. 100% agree. Um CNN, MSNBC, well, I mean, yeah. MSNBC is a little bit better, but CNN, Fox, whatever new channel you go to, yeah. when you go to someone, they'll always give you, like, opinions, opinions, yeah. opinions. And I, what I get crazy about is when you have people debating stuff like climate change uh-huh. or vaccinations, yeah. right? And every single time they do this, they always have someone that's pro-climate change or someone yeah. that's con-climate change. Yeah. And I'm like... Why are we giving equal weight and opinion yeah. to scientific fact, right? Yeah. Because climate change, we have a de- like a quite a bit of data. Yeah, we have yeah. quite a lot of data. We have a yeah. lot of scientists, like hundreds and thousands of scientists. Well, maybe yeah. not thousands, but like hundreds of scientists behind yeah. this. And then the climate change deniers, they don't have any evidence-based backing, but we're giving them equal weight, right? That's an and interesting that's, point. Yeah. You know, and then um, I have the same thing with vaccines. It's like, yes, there is a small, very small minority of people yeah. that have adverse reactions to vaccines, which is why yeah. genetic screening is very important. Yeah. But for the wide majority of the population, yeah. that outweighs the fact that, yes. you know, we don't have smallpox anymore. We yes. don't have all these other diseases anymore. And the data are sets are in one favor. The, yeah. the data sets show vaccination is good yeah overall and there may be um outliers or things going on there but even though there's even those there's contingencies for even in worst case here comes a hot opinion hot take even in the worst case i you know there was that scam where that english scientist said it was correlated with autism or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and then but then the scientific community like did a lot more like they oh, yeah, disproved yeah. him really quickly. Well, they disproved he he was fudging numbers and yeah. he didn't have the right d- data sets. So, but somehow that's still out there through anecdotal stories. But um and you know, I'm 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 very fortunate both my kids are very healthy and am- ambitious. I guess what you would categorize neurotypical um children and so I don't have any of these things but even if I had a choice between something like smallpox or um what's what's the other big ones were vaccinated uh, meningitis smallpox those are dreadful dreadful diseases like if you said you had to pick maybe being uh, autism or getting one of those of course I'm going to vaccinate against those terrible terrible things because those are, number one, we know we can treat them with 100% certainty. And then number two is, if someone does get those, it's very bad. Yeah. Very uncomfortable, very bad. Uh, so that's a good point. Yeah. It seems like some people come with opinions and other people come with data sets. Yeah. And the data sets is what we need to be honoring 
right yeah. now. I, I mean, I guess it's to me, I just feel like we're in a post truth society where I mean, I've heard that before. Yeah. yeah kind of back to what you yeah. said. It's like you go and you hear all these uh, different opinions in the end. You're like, I, I don't exactly know what to believe in. Yeah. And it gets scary when you have things like climate change or other issues that impact people's lives. And you just yeah. end up hearing opinions, but you're not informed to make the actual right decisions. Yes. You know, because yeah, yeah. opinions are one thing, but facts are facts. Facts are facts. You yeah. can't argue with science. Anyways. Well, actually, no, you can and you should. <laughs> That's the point, right? <laughs> so you can and you should argue with yeah. science. However, um, you know, you got to come with more science. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the sad, yeah. that's the thing. You got to come with a better set of numbers that disprove whatever numbers have True been that. there. True that. Um, so comedy, yay. Comedy, yeah. That's why we came in here. <laughs> no, almost every, almost every podcast I've ever had somehow has taken a, a turn to some tangential <laughs> thing where I get into some kind of opinion. Like we just did. I go, I think most of news is pain. Let me give you my opinion about opinions in news. So, uh, Cynthia, when did you start comedy? Um, that's a great question. So I started it actually a few years ago, right oh. around when Jorge started it. Okay. But I wouldn't say it was a real start because, like, I uh -huh. did – I'd always wanted to do stand up, like just do it my whole life. And okay. then like I did stand up the first time, I think yeah. at Frascati's, um, back when they had like the music nights and the poetry okay. nights. Like it was just yeah, one yeah. open mic night. And then I did it like one or two other times. Okay. And then I randomly did it over the years, but it was okay. like once or twice a year. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really feel like that counted. It was just like a random thing I did. But um I more seriously got into it uh i would say like five or six months ago okay yeah well no i, w I wouldn't uh discredit that you were getting out there yeah. early on yeah i mean i guess but like it was more like i said it was really random because like yeah. i would do it as like oh well i don't have anything to do let me just go to first right and then yeah do it, it was the last priority on the schedule so yeah. if you were booked up for a week then you just deprioritize comedy yeah and then i think that just made it that i didn't come back to it for a very very long time and like yeah. i didn't like work on my jokes i didn't work on my material i didn't yeah. know anything like i just like let me just go on the stage and see what happens okay right? so it was really just once or twice a year for the past few years and okay. then like this year is like okay let me do it more you're putting down yeah. the hammer Doing it on a regular basis. Yeah, I've been, well, we've been bumping into each other a That's lot more, true. which is why I wanted to get you on the podcast. So what uh, what was it originally? So you said you've been a comedy fan. What were some of the early influences that made you uh, fall in love with comedy? So many. So many. Um, so I remember when I was, let me think, so many. So I grew up watching Eddie Murphy movies. Oh yeah. Robin yeah. Williams movies, Jim yeah. Carrey movies. Yeah. Um, all amazing comics in their own right. Yeah. Um in terms of comedians, the first one that I actually watched I think was Kathy Griffin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I mean at the time I loved her so much just cuz she just seemed out there and crazy yeah, and yeah. like she always just seemed like she was having a like she she yeah. had that show like My Life on the D-list. Um, oh, and then it I was always know. her and her mom, and like I loved her mom so much. Oh. <laughs> um, and then I was like, you know, I, I I wouldn't mind being a little bit like her. And then um, later on in the years, like when I finally like I got my own laptop at some point, yeah. I started watching like comedians on YouTube. Yeah. Um. So Dave Chappelle, of course. Yeah. Um. 
There was uh, Lavelle Crawford. Um, let's see. Uh, Seinfeld. Well, I watched the show. I didn't really like his stand-up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the show was great, though. <laughs> I don't meet a lot of people who don't like the Seinfeld show. I, I guess there's people who aren't exposed to it and just said, oh, I never watched it. But most people who start watching it like it. I always yeah, like it. I mean, I love, I mean, Seinfeld, the show was just brilliant. You yeah. know, like the way that they could take like little mundane things about life yeah. and then just draw them out throughout an entire episode. And yeah. just in the end, it's like this big, hilarious thing. And it's, it's, it was, I love that show. But like Seinfeld as a comic, I mean, for him, I was just like, what's the deal with sleeping? Oh, yeah. Right. You know, like. <laughs> You know, like, why do people say bless you? Why, why? And yeah. I'm like, that, that, that's your joke. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that, that's it. That's it. He's, <laughs> in a, he's in a perpetual state of confusion yeah. about life, which is, I guess that's how you get the interesting angles is yeah. when you look at the most mundane things and go, why, why do things work that, that way? Yeah. But, but I, I mean, will say, I think Seinfeld, the thing I got from it, and until I started doing stand-up and looking at stand-up specials a little different, so him and Larry David were the ones who, yeah, I guess, Larry originally yeah. wrote that, right? And if you do look at each episode, it does play out kind of like a stand-up bit. It a little is. bit. Yeah, no, I love the way they set up the episodes because, like, they yeah. he, they had him doing stand-up at the start. Yes. And then what he said at the start kind of related to the episode. and Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you notice in uh, a lot of comics, their hour special, they'll have their point, and the point can be, I don't know. It doesn't really matter, mm. right? The point could be I'm going to the grocery store. But between this is the premise of what I'm setting up and then I'm going to the grocery store and then something silly happens, there's all these tangents that happen mm, when they're telling yeah. it, right? So a joke or a bit usually has all these little offshoots. And then as a viewer, you're just, oh, okay, we're on this. We're now talking about, oh. And it's kind of like yeah. watching a tennis <laughs> tennis match where you, you're, con you're trying to follow the bouncing ball around where this, pre where this premise and this bit is going. And it could end up being a 10, 15-minute bit. And then they get to the end, and then they close it off. This happened at the grocery store, you know, or something to that effect. Oh, I love that. But it feels like things bounced around in a very absurdist way, but then they circled back, which is actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that's not just a joke writing thing. That's a storytelling thing. It is. I was about to say I love that because that's how my mind works. And yeah. it's a great way of like having kind of like a story where like your hero embarks on this noble journey. Yes. And then along the way, like he has to like complete a quest. It's like, oh, help mm -hmm. this old lady cross the street. And then yes. the old lady cross the street. He's like, all right, back on the journey. He's just like, oh, crap. I need to go do some laundry. He goes yeah. do some laundry. Back on this journey. You yeah. Know, um, and then at the end, he reaches that destination, and then he realizes that he doesn't have enough money for the bus. And yeah. <laughs> well, I guess if you look, also if you look at that hero's arc, the Joseph Campbell hero's arc, then some some conclusion is he ends up back home, yeah. right? Which in the Seinfeld shows, I don't think it necessarily follows yeah. that uh, that formula every time. But he I did. think, to your point, his stand-up follows some kind of formula, too. Yeah. He definitely has a Seinfeld formula. Yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed, like, he has a show called um, Comedians with Cars. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a really good show. Like, and, like Oh, the Comedians and Cars yeah. with Coffee? Mm -hmm. I, oh, I yeah, yeah. I really enjoy that show because yeah. like, it's, like, a nice, intimate way of, like, getting you know, getting to know the comics. Oh, like, they, awesome. like, walk around. Yeah. They, like, drink coffee. They, like, interact with random 
people in the public. Yeah. Like that that I really enjoy. But like his stand up I mean, I understand why other people love him and I understand why like other people think he's hilarious and funny. Yeah. It's just I've never I've never like been able to relate to it or like really find it hilarious. I think that's just personally my taste. But I I can see why other people find him funny because like yeah. he is very insightful in a lot of the yeah, clips yeah. he makes. But yeah, he's he's also uh, there's not a lot of spice. He he's like uh, he's the everyman joke, right? So there's not controversial or taboo. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. not going to go out there and Patrice O'Neill an audience or whatever yeah. where people are going ooh. Um, you know, I have to be honest. Now that I'm thinking it through, I watched most of the episodes of his show and I've seen just numerous of his late night sets and YouTube sets um, that have surfaced or whatever. But I think I've only watched one special one special of his. Mm. So I'm not actually I can't say I'm that familiar with his his act, so to yeah. speak. And I know he's I know he's guarded about his act like he, he's one of these guys who I don't I don't think he's done a special in maybe yeah. 20 years. Yeah, and I don't know how many specials he has altogether. So uh, he is one of these guarded guys, and there's comics out there that just prefer to, this is my stage act, and I'm in no rush to. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's in a rush either because he's just making tons of, like, he got, oh. how much money did he get from Netflix for that? I, he, he got a lot. It's in the millions that he got for the comedians with cars. Yeah. And um, Isn't he, he close to a billionaire? Yeah, like, I, I mean, I think he's around like seven, eight hundred million dollars. I mean, he's at a point where I don't think he he doesn't do, do anything unless he really wants to do it. Yeah, and he doesn't feel like he needs to go to because like in interviews that they've had, like he does, he's never really mentioned going back to stand up or like wanting. He says he misses it. But yeah, like, yeah. He doesn't say, look, I want to go do this or that. But yeah. 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 No, he's. He can do what he wants yeah. <laughs> when you have that kind of money. Yeah. But I think other than that, um, let's see. So I'm a big fan. I mean, I've already mentioned Dave Chappelle. Mm. I'm a big fan of Keen Peel. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They're they're amazing, like hands down. Um, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Hart. Yeah. Specifically Laugh at Your Pain. Like he, mm. when I watch that, like, just from start to end, I'm just rolling on the floor <laughs> laughing. Oh, yeah. And he's he's kind of what I envision myself I, in terms of, like, storytelling. One yeah. Day, of, like, being able to, like, bring the entire crowd into your story. Yeah. Of, like, being able to, like, you know, wind a narrative all the way through. Yeah. You know, being able to, like, go up and down in the emotions. Like, I think he has a really, really good gift. Yeah. At that. Um, and then Tiffany Haddish, I'm a big fan of, too. Yeah. Um. I like her. Yeah. She's super silly. Yeah, she's awesome. Like so I actually funny. saw her perform when she was in town. When was it? This year. This year. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long year. Yeah, no, she's definitely um, hot right now. She's got she a is. lot of buzz. She's super funny. I like her a lot. Um, you know, with Kevin Hart, I think you could just even watch him with the sound off. Yeah. Because he <laughs> knows how to commit. Yeah, he knows his how physicality. to physicality. Oh, physicality's um, off off the yeah. charts. Physicality, he has it. His face, he has it. His yeah. voice, he has it. Like, it's it's incredible. Like, um, I I don't know how long he's been. I think he's no no. He's actually been doing stand up since he was like uh in high school. Yeah, I Kevin believe Hart. it. Yeah. And then Tiffany Haddish, I think she'd been doing it like over ten years before she blew up. Yeah. Right. So it kind of gave me a sense of like, oh, this is a long road. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's, yeah. <laughs> it's a definitely one of those things where it takes time for the bo- uh, the pot to yeah. boil, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. So you mentioned writing and storytelling. Are you, have, were you a writer before you were a comedian? Or not really? No wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, I, 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 didn't, I didn't mean to stress you. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I do write stuff on and off, but okay. like it's, it's like on and off throughout the years. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. I write stories, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to write this play, and then I start writing it, and I get five pages in, and I'm like, let me just finish an outline, and then yeah. Um, well, okay, so then the desire has always been there. Then. The desire has yeah. been there, maybe not always the will, just because like, uh, I mean, I did biomedical engineering, and okay. for my bachelor's and like that was really like you have like no other time for anything but studying at that that's so rigorous um, anything with engineering in it that's <laughs> your life yeah and like I've had teachers tell me like oh you should do creative writing or like I think yeah. you'd be good for this program I'm like no yeah <laughs> or like maybe um but I think that since I started getting back like I've written jokes here and there like I've actually seen some jokes from like a few years ago I'm like oh wow like I guess I have been writing um but I think since I started comedy again like there's a newfound passion and vigor for it because uh, okay. yeah. I think partly because um pretty much all of my stories up on the stage are from real life yeah, and I, it's easy for me to like start and finish them because I know the yeah. start and the end, and like I can finish the joke. So like it doesn't yeah. feel like work anymore. It just feels like I have a really funny joke. I need to write this out. So I yeah. can share it next week. <laughs> it, it's almost like a memoir, yeah, right? Exactly. You're going through your memoir and then you're punching it up. Yeah. When the different things happen or the different yeah. points in the story. Yeah. So I guess now I am writing a lot. Like I have some long pieces, some short pieces, some medium pieces. But like a lot of the times, like I'll start with like. Uh, like uh, you you know the bra joke, right? The mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I have uh, a large size body and extra large size boobs, so the <laughs> only place I can get bras in my size are the maternity section at Target, yeah, or the or the internet or Home Depot. So that joke was actually like from like a seven or like a five minute set. Yeah. Uh, which was pulled from real life because, like, I'd been to, like, seven different stores. Oh, no. Like, I'd even been to specific bra stores that didn't oh, have my no. size. I, I'd been to Target and Ross. Uh. And literally, I was looking around Target for the longest time. I got into this aisle. I was so happy I found yeah. my size. And I looked up, and it was in the maternity oh. section. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, what? And I'm like, I'm too ahead of my time. I know. (laughs) I was like, maybe I should get a maternity blood. Like, it slips down. It's easy. Like, easy access. And then I was like, I, this is, Uh, I'm going to the internet. And then I found it online. Oh, no. So that, um, Went from like a five minute joke that I tried out of Frascati. I kind of wanted to see what was hot, what was not. Yeah. And um, I'd also worked on it in the comedy workshop, and then I just okay. condensed it down to like that two or three liner. So interesting because most of the stuff that I would say is working for me, and I I, I use those terms very loosely because everything is a has a very wobbly foundation <laughs> <laughs> at this stage <laughs> in the game, but they always had started as. When I when I went up, I just go, well, I got to tell the story. And then you go and listen back to the recording or watch the video and go, there's really probably only three <laughs> words I need to be using for that last three minutes. But it doesn't happen like that. For me, it's been a situation, and I'm sure this is very common. I'm not, you know, revealing any kind of great mystery here. But um, it, it's usually after I say it 10 times or 15 times, 
then I realize, oh, you know what? That's that's a 10 second joke. Mm-hmm. Everything else there is just me getting up there using way too many words. Yeah. And then, you know, you know how it is. People kind of lose interest, start yeah. looking around, start having conversations and you go, they're not interested in your anecdote. They want to have something snap them really quick yeah. if it can. Or, I mean, if you're a guy like Kevin Hart, I'm sure just moving around on stage and the, the acting things out is mm-hmm. enough to, people, to keep people captivated oh, on yeah. what's happening. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's, that's been my fa- finding over my uh, minuscule amount of experience I've had in comedy is that almost everything I'm talking about started off as this high concept, mm-hmm. if you will. In, in a pretentious word about this high concept. And then it's just, no, you basically have a one liner, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, but I think that's that, Hey, that's, that's the journey, right? Yeah. That's what we're trying yeah. to do. And I, you, you hear it over and over again from experienced people, uh, comics who just say, well, no, you know, you start off with thinking you have 15 minutes, but really what you have is two minutes yeah. or something along those lines. Um, so that's cool. Okay. So you te- technically you are, you're, you're a writer. So bio, you went, you got a degree in bio. Medical engineering. Biomedical engineering. Yeah. So have you always been, what was it? Was the fascination with engineering or the fascination with medical stuff that got uh, you into that? Because that's emerging. Oh. Yeah, both. Um, I started out doing bio biochemistry at De Anza College. And okay. then when I transferred to San Jose State, I was like, well, I really love just bio stuff and chem and yeah. like just med- medicine in oh, general. Wow. But then I was like, well, with biochemistry, my options are A, go back to school and do more research. <laughs> um, B, go to medical school. And C, hope I get lucky and find a job at a company. I'm like, I'm yeah. going to do the biomedical engineering because at least with that, it's like biomedical engineering, you get to apply what you learn from other disciplines and like there's like a – because with biochemistry, oftentimes you'll just do research for like decades and decades, and then twenty yeah. years later, some hotshot yep. engineer will come by and like use that, do a patent, help other people. But like, I want to be that hotshot engineer that applies the knowledge we have now yeah. and get that feedback. So, I mean, I went into the general field because I love helping people. I'm yeah. really passionate about healthcare. I think that it's a right that everyone should have. Yeah. Um, and then for me, biomedical engineering was just being able to apply my dollars towards like medical devices or tools to help people live better. Yeah. So you got that angle of you and then you got the silly comedian side yeah. of things. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this uh, in the fa- in your family unit is comedy something that people go, Oh, we get it. Or is it something that's kind of, Hey, what are you, what are you doing? Cindy? <laughs> I think everyone's been very supportive. Um, Funny enough, so when I created, inst- so when I had my Instagram, I've had it for a few years, so I started yeah. using it, like, regularly four or five months ago, and then I was like, you know what, I don't want my comedy side and my normal side to interact, and I don't really want my family to see everything yeah. I do, so I created the other account, yeah. which was the um, Cynthia and Public account, as yeah. a public account, right? Um, and then the first people to join that <laughs> account was my family. Anyways, so... <laughs> um, hey, guys. Yeah, so they're very supportive. Oh, they are? <laughs> Reluctantly. Oh, <laughs> that's on great. On my part, I'm like, this is too much support, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, my sister, um, she's, she's really proud. I mean, uh, we have entertainers in the family. Cause okay. Like, but all of them are like... You know, like they they have a finance degree or something, and then they're doing rapping on the side, and then yeah. they're trying to make it big. And then, right. But we kind of have both people. Like I have a cousin who's like a huge entertainer, and like mm. she does a lot of hosting. Okay. Um, and back in Africa, uh-huh. or actually, I think she's in Cameroon right now. Okay. I have another cousin that's like a writer. So like okay. we have both aspects. The thing is, we do 
as an African immigrant, it's yeah. like doctor, lawyer, <laughs> or um, engineer. Yeah. Right? And for me, like, it never felt like I needed to choose because I loved and I. I told myself I'd never become an engineer, but I ended up loving it and yeah. wanted to do it anyway. Oh, that's awesome. But in terms of comedy, I've been making people laugh my whole life. It's helped me get through a lot of hard times. It's helped yeah. my family get through a lot of hard times. My whole families were always roasting each other and yeah. making each other laugh. So it just feels like some part of my life that I'm just sharing on stage. Yeah, know? yeah. There's experience there. Yeah. So were you were you born here or born in Cameroon? Cameroon. Oh, yeah. how old were you when you came here? Um, I was nine and a half. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I lived. So that's a whole thing you could write about right <laughs> there too, right? I have some stuff written. Um, yeah. I just I don't know. There's I feel like I have a lot more material than I have stage time. Yes. <laughs> you know, like oh, I we're have, all like, in that bind, aren't we? Like I have like every week. I there's like material or things that come up and I write it down. I'm like, yeah. I don't know how, like, you know, it's like, do I, I'm at a point now where I'm like, I'm going to try not to develop as much new material and work on the material that I have to get my yes. five minutes and my 10 minutes. And then got to stay focused, you know, on, yeah. and then, but like this other material just keeps coming up and up and up. I'm like, at some point I need to do something with it. You're going to have an encyclopedia of stories, jokes and yeah. stage performance, but you got to first, I guess get that good five minutes. Yeah, I mean, or I go out every night, which is hard in of itself. Actually, how yeah. often do you go out? Um, I try to do three mics a week. I'm around there too. Yeah, so yeah. Like three is the two is the bottom that I'll uh, allow myself to get away with, and then really six or seven is the most I've been able to get in. Yeah, I mean, I've done five a week once, and that was. It feels like, like a lot. That was a l I mean, if you're up at, if you're having to be up at, you know, seven a.m. to get to work and do all that stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, I, I think now every open mic night I go to, I have to pre-sign up because I'm like, I need to pre-sign because I, I want to make sure that if I drive there, I get yeah. a spot. Yeah. Once I get my spot, I'm gonna leave to go to the next mic. Yes. Once I'm done with the last mic of the night, I better be done by eleven, eleven thirty, because I gotta get home, shower, yeah. sleep, wake up at seven thirty yes. the next day, and like I, I. I don't know. I I think I'm just getting older, and I'm like I don't want to like stay out till like midnight. And yeah, yeah. That. And no, that's yeah, that's just a wise move, I think. Right there, <laughs> <laughs> you you don't want to show up to work as a zombie. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a balance, definitely. Um, but I definitely have my weeks off. So like sometimes I'm like I'm I'm done for the week. I'm like taking this week off. Um, but I, I think I'm gonna be there next week. Next week, there's a couple <laughs> things I want to do. Um a couple more podcasts I want to do and then the last two weeks of December last week and a half of December and that first week of January I'm probably not going to be doing much yeah but I need to just decompress and sleep really I need to sleep yeah. that's what I love I love sleep I love sleep so much so much yeah <laughs> it's really good how about your colleagues? Do your colleagues know you do comedy? No. Those are the people I don't want to find like out. Like two people. Yeah. I, I'm always afraid that someone will accidentally discover. Like I had to tell my boss and I had to tell um, one other person because I'm in this fellowship. Okay. And I it, like I basically miss some Fridays. And, like I have to like adjust my work schedule. So I'm like, okay, oh. they have to know because I won't be at work for this day. Yeah. But like they're like, can we come see you? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe ten years. Day. In ten years, we'll talk. Yeah, like I like um, honestly off the hook. The first time I went there, I was really paranoid because I used to work right down the street from there. I'm like, oh. what if some of my old colleagues 
come by. And then I yeah. realized, wait a minute, when I worked there, I didn't even know about off the hook. Yeah, You're yeah. not going to know about it now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these gonna, little... these are like, like a hidden bar. Yes. So. These little hidden gems that we it's get to go gem, perform. Yeah. Perform it. Yeah, definitely. So what's been some of the hardest things with doing comedy over the last um, five months? Actually, let's rewind. Don't worry about that question. We may circle back to that question. It, was there a trigger that said, oh, I want to just do this every now and again, more or less as a goof. You were doing that for a year or two to where now I want to do it every week. Yeah. Um, I think it was just so I have I have it in one of my bits of like six. Oh, that's ago. right. Yeah. That's like right. I got, yeah, yeah. It was a car accident and then uh, left a job. Left uh, relationship like yeah. that, that part is real <laughs> like yeah that, you know like i got a dark like it wasn't like a bad car accident but like i did get a concussion uh, um and then basically uh i had to miss a few days off of work but then it was also like i had to miss that monday but it was the same monday i was going to turn in my resignation letter so i'm like ooh. let me email it in <laughs> yeah and then like the next couple of weeks was kind of a little uh, it worked out okay but like um it was the whole transitioning um and I'd been at that it was my first job out of college it was like a big deal for me um I missed a lot of my old colleagues but like it was kind of a change that needed to happen yeah um and then like the very last day of working at that place um I ended my three and a half year relationship oh yeah so it was like and then I went to Miami the next week (laughs) and did some stand-up it was in Miami. <laughs> I did some, yeah, I did some stand up in Miami because I'm like, okay, well, I love comedy. Why? What am I stopping myself from doing? And then I just kind of did it. And then when I came back, I told myself, okay, this is my year. Why not? When I, whenever I tell myself why I'm not doing something, just ask myself why am I not doing it, right? Yeah. And I asked myself why am I not doing comedy? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have a good reason anymore because my work life balance is better. Yeah. I don't I have more time because I'm not in a relationship. Um, I'm eating healthier. I'm like, okay, like there's nothing's actually stopping me. So I'm like, okay, let me just do it. Yeah. And then I started doing it and then it, I was doing it maybe like once a week, Mm -hmm. um, the first couple months. And then I started doing it more. I'm like, okay, I actually want to get better at this Just, just for myself. Yeah. Right. And then I started doing like twice a week and I'm like, okay, let me set a goal like three times a week. And then the last, I think three months I've been doing it three times a week. Yeah. Pretty consistently. Um, and I don't know, it was just the thing of like, it makes me feel good. It yeah. gets me, it's one of, sometimes it's all, one of the only things that gets me out of bed. Yeah. Um, especially with all the things that have happened personally in the right. last few years and, you know, like making people laugh. I don't know, it, it's a weird thing, but it does yeah, make yeah. you feel good and like it can at least give something positive to someone else. Yeah. So, yeah. I think communing, communing with the other comics too. Oh, that is fun too. Yeah. Yeah. I think just having a, a little tribe to go hang out with a couple times a week is really good. Yeah. But I felt like when I started, because there was, I only really knew Jorge, mm-hmm. um, Ryan, and, you know, like one other comedian, like Mustafa, but like he's not really in South okay. Bay as much. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, when I started, I was like friendly to everyone. I just kind of said hi, but yeah. I didn't feel like I was really talking to people until like yeah. a few months ago. Yeah. And from what comics have told me, they just said like, oh, we got so many people, new people in and out yeah. that like 
we we don't know who's gonna stay it's a revolving door yeah i think i mean yeah but at the same time i feel like if you get a new person in like even saying hi to them and talking to them like so important yeah i mean they're more likely to stay if they feel like they're more welcome than Uh, yeah i i try to shake hands and introduce yeah i mean you like you talk to me right away yeah and that, I mean, that made a difference to me. Like, you and, like, a few other comics were like that. But then there were a large other comics that just kind of didn't talk to me at all. And then yeah. a few months later, like, oh, okay. Oh, you're still here. Hey, Cynthia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get, I yeah. totally get both sides of the story. But I feel yeah. that I was very lucky because there was about four or five other people. Gosh, maybe more. Um, maybe Maybe six or seven guys who had all started kind of within months of each mm-hmm. other. And so a click happened like almost like, mm. almost like that where there was a number of us like, how long you been doing it? Oh, a month. Oh shit. Okay. I've been, <laughs> this is my first week or whatever. And then another guy, Oh yeah, I've been doing it two months. And then another uh, new guy. So I felt like I kind of had, um, I feel like I had it a little easy mm. because there was four or five of us right off the bat who were seeing each other every week. And then, you know, we start our little, um, our little uh, text chats, who's going, who's going yeah. here, whatever, on whatever night. Okay. And then we were holding each other kind of accountable. Not so much anymore, because I think we all know we're just, we're <laughs> in it now. Like, <laughs> you're like, you're trapped. <laughs> I, I'm trapped. I, I was telling a guy the other day, I was giving you're him whipped. a ride. <laughs> you're and whipped I, by yeah, the I go, I feel like I just got a life sentence. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's Okay, I, it's not, that's a little dramatic, but it's a situation where I want to keep doing this. And yeah. even if I'm only going once a week or I, I got to cut back or something because family or work or life is jumping in there, it's like, no, I, I still want to get good at stand-up comedy. It's probably like any other discipline yeah. you have, like music or um, writing or something like this, where if you once you kind of get that, that love that, of it, yeah. then you're stuck with it. Now, what level you're going to do it at, that's that's negotiable. Yeah. Maybe some some years I'll be doing it more than others. Um but it's definitely in me now, and uh, I, you know what? I do think I do think that because as a comic you're on stage alone, you don't have a band, you don't have an instrument. It's just you, it's just you. you and your voice, and people staring back at you. I actually think that kind of um, weirdo personality that would be drawn to something like that is also a little bit of a loner. Yeah. So I'm. All so that's right how <laughs> you want to be yes. all by yes. right Sorry, my voice is cracking it's too sick yeah no no that's great i was about to jump in and then i said no 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 that is not a good idea Matthew. <laughs> please do not try and sing with cynthia yeah you don't sing a lonely song with like another person <laughs> and basically matthew should not be singing that's another i shouldn't thing. be singing either i just i it's no. a sickness yeah <laughs> it's a sickness so I do think that at um, a lot of, I guess, people in comedy around the community probably aren't comfortable even opening up in the first place because they might be a loner. So my wife, yeah. she was explaining something to me one time about this concept of introvert, extrovert, extrovert, introvert. Mm. And the way she described it, it kind of confuses me. It still confuses me. But there are some people who are naturally introverted but have a proficiency for extrovertedness. And then there are people who are naturally extroverted, but um, are m- oriented more towards, are, are not that comfortable being, 
are, are more comfortable being introverted. See, I'm still confused by this. But ultimately what it means is it's like you have, let's say, let's take the um, extrovert introvert. So the extrovert introvert, that person wants to be around people, wants to talk with people, but really doesn't have a lot of words to say. So there's like something inside them trying to get out. And then you have the introvert extrovert where on the inside, it's like, I want to be left alone, but they're really good at just chatting with people mm-hmm. and talking with people. And most people would say, hey, that guy, he's a good conversationalist. So we're actually opposites. So I'm an introvert by orientation, meaning if you just said, hey, Matthew, you're going to be spending the next three months uh, locked in a room <laughs> um, with a guitar, <laughs> a stick and a ball. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Wait, you know? wait, wait, what? <laughs> a <laughs> you know what wait, I call wait, that, wait, Cynthia? <laughs> that is a band. A one-man band, and we're wait, ready to rock. Wait, how, what, wait what? <laughs> so then you would bang the stick on the floor, and then you would bounce the ball, and then you would... But um, I don't have the answers yet, <laughs> but given three months, I will have an answer for you, Cynthia. <laughs> and it will be fine. Uh, but then, but then if I'm in a group of people, I almost feel a compulsion to start a conversation, Mm. meaning at, in work, right? If, if I go into a kitchen, a break area and someone's making coffee and someone's making toast and I just want to go fill up a cup of water at minimum, I have to greet them because there's something in me that's just like, no, there needs to be a conversation had here. And then if a conversation pops up, then let's do it. Small talk. I'm all about small talk. I can do that. Whereas my wife is like, she wants to be having those conversations and talking. But on the inside, she's, I think she's feeling a lot of the times like I, I don't know when to jump into the conversation. Mm. So she has this introverted um, veneer. Mm. Uh, so maybe with comics, uh, even if we're chatting up, we're kind of introverted. So we aren't doing introductions. Um, but yeah, I see both sides of the fence. I see it where I can understand people don't want to get too attached because... It really is a revolving door. Yeah. It's been a year yeah. and three months for me, and there's some people who I thought for sure um, they just had the same thing that I had, and they would be coming back more and more, and you know, I haven't seen them as much. So I think it is a revolving door. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. So anyway. Um, yeah, what do you – do you have – have you done any showcases yet? Do you have any showcases coming up? Um, maybe. Uh, I'll probably be doing Gardino's. I don't know if it'll be as a guest spot or okay. within a showcase. How is that room? I haven't been there. Uh, it's good. Yeah. It's a good room. Yeah. yeah. I that's mean, last Jorge time produces that? or No, no. Yeah. It's Rory Campbell. Rory, uh, that's right. in yeah. uh, Los Gatos. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I did a guest spot there uh, a few months ago, and then Rory was like, why haven't you come back? I'm like, I don't know. You wanted me back. Uh, like, I did watch your back. I was like, okay, I'll come back. Uh, so, uh, I'll be there in January. Um, okay. I don't, again, like, I don't know if it's a guest spot or showcase yet, but then I'll probably post okay. it. Once I know. Yeah. Um, I signed up for the newcomer showcase. It's Rooster Tea Feathers, as well as the Which amateur day? comedy competition. So it's the one that's like end of January. And oh then nice. um, I wish I remembered the dates. And then the first date in February, which I think is February 4th or 6th. But I haven't gotten a confirmation yet. Okay. So I'm still kind of waiting on that. But once I do, I'll post, post, post. I I need to get signed up for the competition. I'm gonna I have a spot at Rooster Tea's next week on the eighteenth, um, December eighteenth. But for the the I guess what is it? Winter and spring months, it's that competition. So I gotta get signed up for that. I think that's a really good opportunity. I mean it's just a good 
way for me to kick myself and perfect my five. Yeah. Because <laughs> right, sorry, right so. now it's like a six or seven minutes, and it's like a good set, but like yeah. I don't want to be burning time every time I go up on the stage. So I'm trying to like trim, trim, trim. Like I'm finally went back and started listening to my audio, and like it's most gut-wrenching feeling in the world Uh-oh. hearing your voice yeah uh, wait have you started to try and review the video yet yeah well, okay well actually because well, video is even harder than vo- voice actually i'm pretty okay with now i the good thing is i only have like a few videos and i've reviewed two okay. of them i think there's only one i haven't reviewed okay um but it's mostly just voice like i have like 10 voice videos like i've i've reviewed i think five or six of them um, I'm like, okay, I need to trim down here. I'm like, okay, this was good. This is bad. This is good. Yeah. All right. Um, and, but I'm, it's sort of still this balance of like trimming down content and developing content. And yeah. like, I feel like every time I go up, like it's, a, it's a lot better now than it was like a few months ago. I've grown a lot. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I could keep adding tags here or I could just deal with what I have. Yeah. Or I could cut down the story here and you know like it's this whole tweaking and editing process that i'm still trying to work out yeah they light you at four that four comes so quick i've jumped to light at roosters um twice Mm. one time by a lot because i was just feeling it like oh that joke landed (laughs) that joke landed and then i had i'd already had the light already and then i i threw in one more joke and then i go but i got a tag to that joke and then i went to try and do the tag and the host started clapping and ran up to the stage and I had to really quickly just close off the tag. Da, da, da. And I think I went five. I think so. It was a standard um, new talent showcase night, not the competition competition. I think you get five minutes. So mm-hmm. did I just get four? I think. No, 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 no. I think. Oh, I did. I just got four and I went five and a half, mm-hmm. which is a big no, no. A, a minute and a half over when they're trying to keep a timeline. Yeah. Uh, but Hey, I'm inexperienced. What are you going to do? <laughs> These things happen. Live and learn. Yeah. So, but in the competition, the, I think they dock votes. If you go over, then if you well, have how votes. How does that competition work? Because I thought I it was no a idea. public competition. It's a public competition. Okay. Yeah. Anyone can buy a ticket to get in. Like as like a, a perf- popularity contest or something, depending. Uh, yeah. Well, t- I mean, technically, Comedy is a popularity contest, <laughs> right? Yeah, true. You got people got to laugh and then laugh and like you, um, or hate you. Mm. It's okay to be hated as a comic, also. Yeah. But um, <laughs> there has there has to be something where you're inc- inciting people to take. But anyway, I digress. Um, I don't know how it works. I know they give you a couple vouchers that you can invite people, and then of course, if you promote and bring more people, obviously those people will vote for you. Yeah. And then you're more likely. Um, to move on or win but I don't I don't know how it all works I just try to look at it me and I had Tommy on last night Tommy Feldman and um, we were talking about competitions and I just try to I try to not give it too much importance I get nervous on most most mics and it's no different with a a competition so I try to I try to just devalue it to you're getting mic time with the one difference is you're getting a good crowd because you know these people want to see funny yeah. Whereas when yeah. you're in a dive bar, a lot of times they're just, they're, I mean, they're just there. <laughs> or they're actually annoyed by you. Right. Yeah. So that's what we deal with at a lot of our um, open mics. So, yeah, at the competition, the only thing is, you know, you know that the audience there is primed. So if you don't do well, yeah, <laughs> you got to go back and go, why didn't I do well? Right. <laughs> um, 
So cool. All right. You know what? We're right. We're almost at an hour. I got to wrap this up. Is there any other shout outs or anything you want to talk about before we close this bad boy out? Wait, my mom is in the room. Okay. I'd like to say hi to my mom. No, well, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Family (laughs) and friends. My sister, my family. Oh, that's awesome. I Um, hope they're watching. That would be great if they're watching. I think my family, my, I think my sister, I'll I'll tell my mom. I'll send her the link anyway. Well, so here's how it goes down. Um, Yeah, I'm going to have all of this stuff on the YouTube page. Um, my Facebook feed, I think you can share my Facebook feed. I think so, I did. Okay. So sure I should be on that. And then, of course, the audio will be up in a few days. I got to tell you, I'm so backed up on getting my audio out. I, I think this might be my third or fourth podcast where I, I, I'm just, I'm ha- it's a good problem. I have so much content. I'm, <laughs> I'm behind. That's why this live stream is kind of cool because at least people can hear you now when it's happening and they don't have to wait the three or four yeah, days. Yeah, how many podcasts are you doing now per week? Because you, oh you did like two this week already, right? I'm trying to hammer by the so, uh, I I'm I'm not a numbers person. I'm probably not as scientific as you, but I set these goals, and goals always kind of revolve around numbers to some extent, right? Like how many mics did I go to? Three mics. Uh, how many new jokes did I write? One joke, two jokes, whatever. So with podcasting, I started last February, and I really wanted. I really wanted to do a hundred in twelve months, a hundred podcasts, but that's only two a week. Uh, okay. No, but that's only okay, two a week, okay, right? Okay. So okay. I really, really <laughs> wanted to do a hundred, but I'm so far behind the ball. I think this is number seventy-eight. So oh, you're almost there. I'm close, but it's not gonna. The math isn't gonna work out because even if I did the two a week until February, I think it was the second week of February or something. It's just it's not gonna work out. But what I tried to do is I really tried to hammer. Um, for the last couple of weeks, because mm. I know I don't want to do any, like I said, that last December yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, January. Anyway, I'm boring you with details, but I, oh, I, I do, I try to average two a week, uh, but I haven't done that throughout the year, because if I did, I'd be much closer to my target. So I'm playing a little catch-up right now, mm. and a catch-up and trying to get ahead to take a break. So anyway... That's where I'm at, and uh, this has been fun, Cynthia. Thank I'm you glad for we got. Uh, for me. Yeah, we got another opportunity to go in a more in-depth conversation, other than the small talk we have at the uh, at the open mics. So we are over and out. <laughs>